Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Tinker Talks podcast. I'm Clayton Cummins, a proud member of the public affairs team here at Tinker Air Force Base. Mark Hybers, who you're used to hearing on these podcasts, he's taking some well-deserved time off, but he recently sat down with base leadership here. We're talking Colonel Abby Rosetta, commander of the 72nd Air Base Wing, and Chief Sipos, the command chief of the 72nd. I'll tell you, the two make a great pair, and it is really an honor to be working under them. Without further ado, here's Mark. So good morning, ma'am and sir. Uh, Colonel Rosetta, the 72nd Air Base Wing and Installation Commander, and Chief Sipos, our Installation Command Chief. Welcome to the podcast this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Hey, good it's morning. Great to be here. It's not too early, is it? No, it's <laughs> never too early for you, Mark. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> Yesterday, well, we, we were up at 3.45, so we could be at guard mount at 4.30. So this is oh three hours later. Yeah, uh, thanks our, for letting us sleep yeah, in. Yeah, we slept we, in. We gave you lots of time, and the sun's up so early now. So Exactly. Perfect. It's not early at all. Well, awesome. Well, I know you all have a very busy schedule and uh, things to do today. And, Chief, you're actually leaving town, so we'll jump right into this. Um, so first off, ma'am, uh, you're pretty new to the seat, and a lot of people on the base may not know who you are. So if you could just kind of give us a little bit of background about you. Sure. Thanks, Mark. So uh, I'm a Corps Aircraft Maintenance Officer. I was commissioned from the United States Air Force Academy in 1997. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a couple <laughs> overseas assignments. Uh, I worked predominantly fighter jet aircraft as a young officer. Uh, then I had an opportunity to come back to the States, worked a little bit in Special Operations Command, moved around a little bit. Um, I'm married. I, my husband just recently retired from the Air Force, so we did the joint spouse uh, Air Force moves for quite a while together. And we have two kids. Uh, and so at this point, it's an honor to serve, an honor to get to be in the Air Force, and it's it's the family biz for us. That's awesome. And we did work, we worked pretty extensively with your husband when the Damage Inc. came here and they started that whole big project with Boeing, probably one of his last big projects. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it was all about B-52 in my house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good aircraft. That plane. <laughs> the, big difference for you, though, coming from a fighter jet background and then uh, special ops. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually uh, came to Tinker in 2018 to be the propulsion maintenance group commander, which is engines. Right. Uh, so we were the, we you know, Tinker, engine capital of the world. Mm -hmm. um, so I had an opportunity to serve in that capacity on the depot side for two years. And we, I really be learned about the B-52 engine because that was one of the 16 engines we <clears> overhauled. Right. Uh, and it was, it's an old engine and it has lots of challenges and lots of opportunities. So I learned B-52 when I was doing the engine biz uh, my first two years here. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to serve as the ALC vice, uh, we talked a lot of B-52 business. And when my husband was the B-52 SPO director. So B-52 is a hot topic. The TF-33. I mean, there's there's no question. <laughs> you can see it from from miles and miles away. You look it up at the sky. Oh, that's the TF-33 engine out there pumping sure. out all that smoke. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> TF-33 well, was my life. <laughs> awesome. Well, well ma'am, so you speak about you came here five years ago and you yeah, served. I'm in my sixth year. That's, that's good. <laughs> a tinker. <clears throat> probably Air Force a, Base. You're an Okie for life probably at this point. Having served for that long a time in our biggest wing on this base and probably the one that comes with the most challenges and unique mission set, did that help you 
in a way to to move to this side to the to the support side and become a wing commander yeah a hundred percent so um I like to say I've been a customer of the airbase wing for five years, right? Mm-hmm. We live on base. I've got kids. My kids were in the youth center, the CDC. Um, we do the sports. We, you know, we do everything. We go to the commissary every week. We go to the BX shelf check. I mean, we are true, true airbase wing uh, customers for five years. And I never thought I'd have this opportunity, right? This is. Right. This is the dream of a lifetime that I never thought I'd ever get. And so we just enjoyed being customers of, of the wing. Um, and yeah, you can't help but learn a ton getting to be in an organization. Mm. I was uh, propulsion maintenance group for two years. I was uh, Air Force Sustainment Center LG staff for a year and then back for two more years as the ALC vice. So getting all that AFSC time and depot time absolutely um, is just invaluable. Learning mm. um, how to lead and navigate through civilian challenges and um, just so much to learn on that side. So when I, you know, get to come to the airbase wing side, absolutely. It's great to understand one of our significant mission partners. We are, you know, we need to make sure the ALC is relevant and mm-hmm. continues to be, uh, a, a force multiplier in the future. And, and that wing, I mean, it, it's larger in sheer number of population than some installations are. I mean, Probably Absolutely. says a lot about you to become your first wing position is at a juggernaut like Tinker. <laughs> like, like this is, it's, I mean, there could have been so many different, maybe, you know, and I've never been a day in your seat, but maybe less stressful of a, of a first wing challenge. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think. We, we like to say it's a beast. Yeah, right? I was like, yeah. Chief, yeah. Chief calls it a beast. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I will say it's an honor to serve at the wing level. In any any base, I think everyone has its opportunities and challenges. Right. Uh, yeah. But getting to be here, um, where I, I know some of the mission sets already, uh, getting to fall in on this amazing airbase wing family is just an, a phenomenal opportunity. That's awesome, and it's it's good. And we speak of Chief Sipos, of course. You're the you're, Chief uh, Sipos. Yeah, the Chief Sipos. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chief, you you've been. Uh, here for a little while now, so uh, but still probably lots of folks. You know, this base is so large that it's it's hard for people to get to know you. So maybe you could just kind of give us a little bit of background about who you sure, are. Sure, sure. Thanks, Mark. So uh, came into the Air Force 1996. Uh, really had no intentions of doing beyond four years, but uh, I was blessed to get uh, heating and air conditioning. Uh, so I entered the civil engineer family, uh, and I, forever I will be a civil engineer, no matter. The, the, the position I'm in, the people I work with. It's just uh, a culture that really helped develop who I am. Uh, but been at various bases uh, throughout the entire throughout the United States uh, and overseas. Uh, did three assignments in mm-hmm. PACAF, uh, yeah. so Misawa, Yokota, and Kadena, yeah. all fantastic assignments. Uh, did some time in Combat Com out in Georgia, uh, some data mass work in Nevada. Uh, really, all of them were fantastic assignments, uh, and even the one and two in Minot, North Dakota. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's where I fell in love with the B-52 and the nuclear mission and uh, right. gained some appreciation for what, uh, what our airmen are doing up in the, the northern tier regions of the United States to, to bring a, a ne- nuclear presence uh, to the enterprise. Uh, been married for 27 years, and so my oh, wife Bertha awesome. and I have uh, been together for as long as I've been in the Air Force. Uh, we've got two great kids, uh, both out of the house, uh, 
one done with college and, and living uh, up in the north northwest of the United States, and, and my boy is is in Montana State University doing doing great things, and so that means that we have an empty house. Uh, wow. So relearning uh, how to how to be a, a single single, just my wife and I. That's uh, good times. That's good. A... It's good. <laughs> they go yeah, to the movie a lot. Right? We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> For some people, that's kind of the goal. That's yeah. next mission. But, uh, yeah, and your wife, obviously, uh, also very much into the Air Force life, a little bit differently from Colonel Rosetta's spouse. But That's uh, right. She it, came with us to the VA home and, and that's hung right. out. Uh, she, she's an, is an Amer- she's an airman just like I am. She's uh, been a DOD civilian for, for 22 years now. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and she's, uh, she comes out as much as she can to, to be involved with the community. So. That's great. So, so critical. And so, Chief, maybe you could kind of tell us, wh- what's the role of a command chief? What is that functionality for you, and, and, how, and how important is it to be so close to a wing commander? So first, it, so it's an honor to be in the position working with a, a wonderful wingman like Colonel Rosetta. Uh, but but honestly, the the role of a, a command chief isn't much different than any chief uh, in our Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all advocate. We all uh, advise. We we look to develop our airmen. Uh, we connect dots. We build culture. Uh, but I think above all, what what I like to do is is listen. We've got we've got folks on the installation, whether they're they're wearing uniform or not, uh, that are very much invested in what we do as a nation. Uh, and so being able to listen is hear you know what what struggles they're going through, to, so I can help advocate uh, and get them through some either a difficult time or bring out some innovative ideas because uh, there's tons of them out there, and sometimes it just takes someone to to listen. Right. And advocate. And I know uh, even Chief Bass had talked about, you know, the uniqueness of the younger, the younger force coming in, you know, how you've got to, the, the Air Force needs to come to them on a, on their terms. And it's different than, you know, anything that, that we've had to deal with before. So uh, probably a challenge for you, for you also to, to get involved with that younger enlisted generation and, and kind of try to find out the ways to motivate them on on their terms and meet mission requirements. Oh, the huge challenge! So, see all the gray hair. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the biggest challenge. Is Your trying hair's to connect. too short. Yeah, that's. I keep it short so that the it gray helps. doesn't pop out. So. Right. Awesome. And so, ma'am, how important is it for you to have a, a great, solid command chief at your side? I mean, it's critical, right? So, Mark, we sh- we showed up ten minutes late because mm-hmm. Chief and I were talking to my office, right? Right. And to be fair. I think there's a great myth that the command chief uh, is the enlisted matters guy, right? Mm. And that is not the case. So I want to tell you, I'm going to embarrass chief for a minute. Oh, boy. Chief's superpower <laughs> is regardless of who the person is, right? We could be talking about um, an airman, an officer, a civilian, a contractor. We could be talking about a multiple star general officer, mm-hmm. a slick sleeve airman. It doesn't matter. Mm. Chief's superpower is he will step away and say, what does the human being need? Right. Right. And so he's he's connected dots that I've missed um, that are critical, like, hey, I'm worried about this person um, for these reasons. And I think we now need to intervene mm-hmm. um, in, in areas that I have a blind spot. And he he really um, he really is able to connect those dots. So I would say command chief really is fantastic. Um, and Jeff Sipo specifically at really helping with blind spots. Right. And so I think that's the ultimate compliment for a team, right? Is if we can see each other's blind spots and say, hey, 
let's let's look into this. Let's see what we can learn. Let's make sure that we as a team are doing everything we can for the airbase wing and the host and the specific human beings that um, whose lives are so incredibly important. Critical, critical for a command team, and ch- challenging in its unique abilities here, um, unique opportunities here because there's so many non-enlisted. You know, there's so many non-uniform <laughs> right. people here. So you right. don't specifically, uh, you're not the command chief specifically for a civilian population, but finding the way to integrate our younger uniformed folks in this large civilian population is a unique opportunity in itself. Oh, you bet. And they they don't belong to their base wing, right? right? The majority of them are, are working in the ALC uh, to where they don't have a direct, you know, relationship with myself or Colonel Rosetta, but, you know, hopefully they know that we're here. We want to advocate. We want to help. Well, for sure. For, for those of us that are on this side of the base and work on your, your support staff, uh, you know, we see it. I mean, your doors are always open and that's, that's great. I mean, it, it probably means more than, than, you know, it does like mm-hmm. from us and, mm-hmm. and man, poor you, you know, we were just the PA team back in the day when you were in the <laughs> ALC, just <laughs> always nipping at the heels. And now you get to see like, what, what, now we're a completely new challenge for the boss. So. No, there's no poor me at all. It's not at all. Not at all. So that PA team, they're always here in my doorway. Um, so, ma'am, now that you've had a few months to be in the seat and, uh, and you've done, you know, in just my personal opinion, uh, for what it's worth, you've done a great job in a lot of things. And one of those is setting down and getting your priorities in line very quickly. Like you came out of the gate. Uh, very fast and uh, very focused on making sure that your priorities were set up. So um, if you could just kind of walk us through your your four priorities right now and, and how they line up with uh, our three-star over here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mark. So um, I came in, obviously, I, I'm familiar with Team Tinker, um, getting to serve on the Air Force Sustainment Center side, I'm familiar with um, what the ALC was getting after and what General Hawkins was getting after and frankly, they do a, corporately. The Air Force does a good job. Right? We go to training. We get to go to the wing commanders course. We get to hear from our senior leaders. So, um, I was listening. I was listening in, in anticipation of getting to serve as the wing commander. And so I was very clear uh, that General Hawkins' priorities. He, he calls them as P four priorities, mm-hmm. um, which is you know the first P is produce to promise. Mm-hmm. The second P is people make it happen. The third P is processes how we do it. And the fourth P is preparing for competition and future war fighting. And knowing that, um, and I walked, I, you know, got to come over the airbase wing and I was asked for 30 days, what are your priorities? And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to publish my priorities until we have an offsite. And so, and I, I told the team, I'm going to move fast and I want an offsite fast because I want the senior airbase wing leaders in a room and I want us all to have the same sort of collective thought process on what our airbase wing priorities mm. should be because what i didn't want to do is have abby's Rosetta abby Rosetta's priorities right and uh and not have skin in the game from our senior leaders right. um and so we did we had an offsite i think at day 45 um team did a great job making it happen and mm. we emerged uh with our four airbase wing parties and so um and we aligned them to general hawkins p4 priorities mm. and so our first airbase wing priority is to execute team tinkers missions okay. and those align with general hawkins p1 which is produced a promise right and then our second airbase wing priority 
is empower and strengthen airmen and their families. Mm -hmm. And that aligns to General Hawkins' uh, P2, which is people make it happen. And then our third priority is to revolutionize our processes. Mm -hmm. And that aligns with General Hawkins' P3, which is processes how we do it. And then our fourth priority um, is uh, posture to win. And that aligns also with General Hawkins' fourth priority, which is to prepare for competition and future war fighting. Um, and so very deliberately trying to align and nest our priorities with um, AFSC, AFMC, and the Air Force, and the Secretary of the Air Force. So we've heard uh, the Secretary of the Air Force talk a lot about um, his top three priorities, which are China, China, and China. Right. And then how do we shift the footing? How do we shift our footing in the Air Force? How do we optimize for future war fighting, mm -hmm. which is going to require some tough changes and some tough choices. Yeah. And so I'm really proud of the team uh, for coming together and, and emerging with these four priorities. And then each priority has sub lines of effort with metrics. We're going to measure them mm -hmm. um, as we get after this uh, to ensure that Team Tinker and the 72nd Air Base Wing are absolutely um in line with the way our air force is going awesome and that there's been quite a big push from the pentagon in the last several years to really line up priorities up and down the chain like you know it's it's you always want to be in lockstep with with what they're doing up at the pentagon level but very very deliberate now with the way they're trying to line up focuses on priorities and lines of effort and uh so that's great and and i'll say it i mean Again, you know, you, you come in here as a wing commander of an absolutely massive mission set like Tinker. You've got all these immersions to do. You have things that are coming at you at 100 miles an hour. And, and you know, it could be very easy for a wing commander to, to not get really focused quickly on getting the priorities right there in line and in, in lockstepping with everybody. Um, and probably says a lot about your leadership, uh, about how you wanted to bring your support staff and, and leadership team in so that it's it's not just you speaking the priorities <laughs> like they all have skin in this game um and so with that what is your your leadership style do you have a particular style or well i think mark you just said it right so i i very much um am collaborative mm -hmm. i very much want to be uh, a sort of a coach of a elite team mm -hmm. To borrow the chief's phrase, um, <laughs> I you know there's a time and a place to be directive, and there's that's that's uh, an important tool in the toolbox, if you will. Right. Um, but I'd much prefer the the standard daily operation to be a very inclusive, collaborative um, effort moving forward with with the senior leaders on board. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's exactly how I would explain to you. You know, <laughs> when Market asked, "Hey, what's word?" The worst first thing was collaborator. You know, yeah. and, and people know you're you're the wing commander. You've got the stick. You've got the uh, the responsibility of making the decision. But, but I got to say, you coming in and including the team, not just our front office team, but the team of the airbase wing to help make decisions and shape what we do here on the base. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. Right, and it's. It's a good leadership sign when, when you don't have to make that announcement that, you know, you're the commander. Like, it's yeah. just, you, you, don't, you don't have to say that all the time. Like, it's, it says a lot about your leadership style and, and the respect for you that it's just, you know, 
that's not something you've got to go introduce to anybody. It just it comes with the, that natural aura when you walk into a room. You can generally feel it. So that's just me sitting in the bleachers because <laughs> I like to watch and. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of You're not on the leadership. bleachers. You're on the field. With <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're on yeah, the field. I'm down there nipping at the heels. <laughs> no. That that PA team. <laughs> and so, I, Mark, I'm going to totally disagree with you, right? <laughs> so I think PA, you're actually our first line of offense because mm. you help get our message out, right? Mm. I'll, sorry, I'm going to interrupt, but I mean, That's you, okay. your team, you're critical, right? Community outreach, building partnerships, Ensuring the message is out there, ensuring folks understand what Tinker does, how we support each other. You're our first line of offense, my friend. Yeah, I you're yeah, you're definitely in the arena with us. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate that. We we try to downplay it so we can just stay in our support role. But uh, And so, ma'am, you know, you came in. Uh, obviously, I don't know if there's ever not a challenging time to jump into a wing commander position like this. But... You did. You recently penned an op-ed that spoke on the importance of being connected, uh, and that is something that is also now starting to really resonate way up the chain to to the very highest levels of our leadership. So, why is that so important to the resilience of our force being connected? And Chief, you could probably jump in with this also. Okay, I'll start, and then Chief, you jump. Okay? Sounds good. Um, so we all went through COVID, mm-hmm. and now. We're we've emerged from COVID, and we're recognizing um, that there's some areas that we need to bolster back right. for the strength of our force. And so, when you think of um, our force and how do we ensure that we can meet our priorities and meet our commitments, it starts with ensuring that we have a healthy, ready force. Mm. And it's just it's not just uniform, right? It's a healthy, ready force that can go do what the nation needs them to do. And that starts with being resilient. And so when you think about resiliency, um, there's a lot of ways to think about that. And I, to me, the most, basic, the most basic element is that you are able to connect with a human being. Mm. And so that's why I felt like it was important to talk about connection. Mm. Connect with somebody. So if you get to a spot where you need help, you need some resiliency in your life, Mm -hmm. um, you have that connection already made. um, And it's an easier, it's an easier text message, an easier phone call, an easier uh, outreach if you already have the human connection. And I, and I think we need to be very deliberate about it. I think that just, like I said, emerging from post COVID, it's a different time and we need to be much more deliberate. Um, I don't think we can assume that human connections are easy right. and that all of our multi-generation force is able to do it on their own. Awesome. Yeah, totally. It, resiliency isn't something you just turn on like a switch, right? Uh, I've learned that, boy, tomorrow can look different uh, very quickly. Uh, and so whether uh, it's, it's the, the posture in the world uh, over in the Indo-Pacific or in Europe, uh, or it's just within our own lives, right? right? That we can wake up and tragedy hit our personal lives in some way, and that's not the time to start building resiliency, mm-hmm. uh, thickening the skin, or developing connections with other people. That's that should be an everyday thing that that we look for opportunities to challenge ourselves, kind of break away from from coddling postures to where we're not thinking of just keeping ourselves ourselves safe in a bubble, but that means getting out there and exercising. Uh, doing things that make us grow and break out of our comfort zones. Uh, that way, 
when the challenge comes, when the world turns, uh, we've already been postured to set ourselves up for it. Right. And you, you both are very good at, at, at being connected. Like you're both very much into being around the airmen and the teams here. Um, and because, and that's, I think it just goes back to what you're talking about connectedness, ma'am, that it's very important for our leaders to be able to do that and leaders at all levels, because resilience for me is definitely different than resilience for you. Like our tolerance is, is vastly different. And you've got thousands of people here that you have to look out for that, you know, you have to being connected is probably the only way any of the leaders can figure out my resilience to your resilience to somebody else. But, um, that's pretty awesome. Um, and so we talk about the warrior ethos. Um, it's hot to all our airmen. You know, it's, it's a part of airmen leadership school, the ALS, that transition to E4 to E5. Um, how important is it that our civilian population become at least knowledgeable of a warrior ethos culture? Ma'am? So I would say they already are for yeah. the most part. Um, mm -hmm. Right, so we have civilians in the airbase wing. Mm -hmm. um, most of them wear red on Friday to denote deployed airmen. Um, they, you know, we say they bleed blue. I mean, our civilian airmen, uh, I would argue, are are just as in it as our military uniformed airmen. Um, I, I do think they already have the warrior ethos and. That's not just limited to the airbase wing side too. So when I think about um, the workforce um, and the depot, they're the same. Like a lot of them, they know why they serve, right. and they serve for a reason. And so when you talk about the warfighter, or you talk about produce to promise, and who who are you producing for, it's very clear. Hmm. It is very clear. Uh, our civilian workforce comes to work uh, to support a warfighter somewhere, right. and, and it's well known. Like. I'm the TF-33 engine person. I'm supporting a B-52 crew that may be over in Indo-Pacom Theater today. Right. Um, and I, so I, I think um, it's different for everybody, but I would make the argument that our civilian population as well as our military population gets it. Right. Um, and, you know, there might become a time in our future where it's our civilian population who's at home, so our military population goes forward. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... Our folks know that. They understand that. Um, so I would say they're already all in. Um, and we just continue to talk it, right? We just continue to emphasize the value every single person brings to their mission every right. single day across this base, whether they're a sailor, airman, um, civilian. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really feel like people get it. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Uh, not just what they do here on Tinker. I hope they're thinking about as they're either turning wrenches or, or making ID cards, right. that they're thinking about, what happens off the installation because of what they did, mm -hmm. right? Because what they did, either, you know, as a, a uniform-wearing airman that's been stationed here for eight, six months, right. or a seasoned professional that is a civilian that's been working here for two decades, you know, that it's not, they're not making things just better on the, the installation. Uh, there's, there's bases at Kadena, right, Aviano, mm -hmm. right? These are the, the tip of the spear bases that uh, definitely have an impact in the world, and it all is generated right here at, at Tinker. Well, that's a great point because I think we were, you know, we were talking the other day, and we was like, well, Team Tinker, we do touch the world. Like, 
there probably isn't a corner on this planet that there's <laughs> not something that isn't touched here by people on this base. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty vast. Uh, and I know I've go through the complex with a camera sometimes taking photos for various things. And it's always kind of neat for me. Uh, and you know, I, I bleed red, white, and blue, you know, I'm, I'm a big, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy for that. I've been, I've been serving for a very long time, but I still get very excited when I walk through there and people just want it. They just want to tell you what they're doing. Like they're so, even somebody that's sanding sheet metal, yeah. like, but that's so critical and important Absolutely. to, yeah. to everything else that happens where that piece of metal is going. But, you know, to look at their eye and see how excited they are just to tell me about sanding sheet metal, like it's still to this day, it's pretty neat. Uh, and I know we we were talking about the connectedness and it just, I'd, I wondered if the two of you thought of how fascinating it is that we've always talking about how we've become a culture of cell phones and screens, but I think COVID really taught us that we're maybe not quite such a culture of screens. Like there's something to be said about when people get together in a room and, uh, and are around each other. Absolutely. I mean, COVID taught me that I missed people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I missed people. Yeah, it's just different. Uh, well, and and I so think it highlighted some gaps, right? Like, I think it's really easy to say very rationally, of course, I can telework every day and get mm -hmm. my mission done. And that's probably a fact. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the intangibles of, you know, interacting with somebody else and seeing their face. Yeah, and seeing just, facial expressions yeah. and yeah. body language. You miss all that. It right? taught us a lot, certainly. And it's good to remember, and it's like that training, like you, you chief, talk about the, the sports side and being down on the field. But you know, that training, you know, however mundane and routine it might be, like that's what sets the muscle memory for everything. And even the reminder of being around people yeah. uh, kind of was the the thing that we all thought we could do without. But Took it for granted. And, yeah. <laughs> sure did. Right. Because when you think about what we might ask our airmen to do, it's going to be critical that we can perform in small team dynamics in very tough situations, mm. which is absolutely critical that you can understand how to deal with people, right? right? Yeah. People you might not love, people you might be different from, people mm -hmm. who might look different, talk different, different, all across the spectrum different, and we will absolutely train and expect you to be a high-performing team. Right, awesome. So that, that people connection is so important. It's awesome, yes. And so I know the two of you have a lot to be doing here today, so... Uh, I'm going to, the, the last question I'd like to ask you, ma'am, is you've been in the seat for a little while now, just long enough to get your toes wet. I think I'm wet. past a hundred days, Mark. Yeah, well, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. You're, you're officially in. Uh, what has been the one thing that, that has surprised you the most or, or has, that you maybe didn't consider when, when coming over to be a wing commander? Like the one thing that you didn't think about that's hit you is like, wow, Okay. I had no idea as a customer of the wing, um, all the talent and magic that happens to keep this wing going and to keep the installation going. I didn't understand the how to be a, a air base wing commander and an installation commander, still mm -hmm. learning every day. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been the biggest surprise is the depth of talent, because I didn't know, mm -hmm. um, the depth of talent to get to serve with, the folks I get to serve with in this wing. Um, and just the duality of installation command versus airbase wing command is right. it's pretty complex. It's, 
So it's a learning every mark. I learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. You know that, and it is a is a very different role, and uh, even from our side when when we're working. Uh, opportunities and things for you to be doing you know is it the is it the airbase wing hat or is it the installation commander hat and uh, that's it's a pretty big challenge and it's it's a big place but um, with that I know you two have to get going and you've got to press on with your days and chiefs getting on a flight and heading out of here for for some cool activities in in Ohio so thank you so much for taking the time uh, ma'am anything you'd like to leave with any great parting words? Well, I was going to ask Chief if he had any great parting words. <laughs> oh, great parting words? Well, you set me up. <laughs> no, I really appreciate time to sit down with you and share a little bit of our, our background, our thoughts on the installation. Uh, it is a huge mission out here, uh, and there is no better job. There's nothing more than, than I would rather do than this right here and working with this <laughs> tremendous woman. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the leadership. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you.